Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Update. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Yes. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks bringing you locked on Clippers every Wednesday? Close. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Make us your first listen, and let's dive into what some are calling an encouraging loss to the Utah Jazz. I would not go that far. The Clips <laughs> lost 124 to 103 to the Jazz. We'll talk about what we liked from that game as well as what we didn't like. Just overall kind of how we're feeling after that one. And then it's Thirsty Thursday. Uh, every single Thursday, we talk about who and what we're thirsty for, what we want to see more of. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Serge Baca situation. We're going to be talking about Terrence Mann. We're going to talk about the rest schedule. And also Keon Johnson. Oh, yeah. Is somebody who could benefit from all these sort of absences from, sure. from the, the Clippers <laughs> rotation. And then in shavings, which is where we just kind of wrap up everything else, we're going to be talking about sort of the standards, the, the standings rather, and where the Clippers are 30 games in. Uh, there was also some footage of Kawhi shooting yes. around. So is that timeline speeding up? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, and then we'll also talk about maybe some moves that the Clippers could make. So all that and more coming up right about now. You are locked on Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so the Clips did lose to the Jazz in Utah, 124-103. Gotta let you know this episode is brought to you by Truebill. It is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. Paul George and Nick Batum both did not play in this one. Pretty comfortable with that. I was, You know what I mean? Like all things considered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's the ankle thing for Batum, still no no use in trying to rush that back. Yeah. Uh, and Paul George, man, I think he deserves as much time as he needs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so maybe a, a scheduled loss kind of once you saw that those two guys were out. Um, but the Clips put up a lot of fight in this one. What we liked, Marcus Morris continuing to absolutely crush it for the Clippers. Yeah, he's you know firmly asserting himself as the second most important clipper and you know maybe the most important clipper when paul george is missing time that's a super good call um 24 and 8 in this one started off with 11 points in the first quarter we needed all of it to kind of hang around um with this jazz team literally a week ago to the day we talked about how we were thirsty on thirsty thursday for his good play to keep up and it just has so shout out marcus morris um also off the bench bledsoe has been phenomenal, and he really, really helped the Clippers keep this one close. Yeah. Um, he finished with 21-5-8, and eight, four of five from three, which was surprising. Yeah. He only <laughs> missed, like, wasn't that, that was his only missed shot of the night, wasn't it? He, had he missed one, two. Three. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, uh, fantastic. 80% from the floor. Had a few flashy passes, which were good, but he's been really comfortable coming off the bench. It's been great for the Clippers overall. Um, I think he's got some better spacing around him. Yeah. There's some interesting staggering that can kind of happen now with, uh, you know, either just one of him or Reggie on the floor. Sure. Um, it's it's a little bit more interesting, a little bit better tailored for his skill set. I'd still like to see him take a jump in transition play. Um, oh, God. We're going to talk about that. But which yeah. is something that I kind of thought he would he would help this team with. Um, so that's been a little surprising. Another guy uh, from the bench who's been really killing it is Hartenstein. Yeah. He finished with 15 and five tonight. Uh, Zoo kind of had another situation where he kind of piled on some fouls yes. a little bit early. Uh, he had three um, 
kind of in rapid succession there. Yeah, they always the come in like bunches, I feel like, with Zoo. So Hart had to step in and, you know, he did an admirable job. He had two blocks um, and, you know, he continues to just keep that second unit moving in a way. Sure. In a way that, you know, even the starters can kind of get stagnant. But I, I feel like, you know, with Hart out there and uh, even a shooter like Kennard or somebody, yeah. there's like always some motion and there's always something to keep a defense sort of on their feet. Yeah, and he's pass happy in a good way. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. Um, this game was also an example of kind of how well coached the Clippers are. Um, this game was kind of like this was an eight point game in the fourth quarter. Like this game was weirdly within like quote unquote striking distance, even down PG and Batum. The outcome felt a little bit inevitable, just mm-hmm. given the fact that the Jazz were fully healthy and got a fantastic second half performance from Donovan Mitchell, which we'll talk about. Um, but like guys stuck to the plan, which helps when the plan is a good one. So I don't know. I hope Tyloo gets some coach of the year credit, but I don't think he ever will. Um, but this was a nice game in terms of, you know, just a game plan perspective, which was good to see on the road. Um, it was like 36 minutes of a good game. Yeah, sure. Which is fair. It's, a, it's an undermanned team. Um, <laughs> well, getting into what we didn't like, Ty Lue had a, had a good quote about that. He said, uh, for 32 minutes, we played some pretty good basketball. Unfortunately, the game is 48 minutes long. Um, second half, we just got killed by Donovan Mitchell. He shot 100% in the second half, which was absolutely brutal. Um, we like kind of traded buckets for a bit, which we talked about wasn't going to be able to hold up, and it did not. Yeah, yeah. The defense overall, I thought, it it came to life there, and, and that was a big part of sparking that run in the third to get us back into it. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it kind of wavered. It, it came and went, and, yeah, I mean, the Jazz are just, they take a way higher volume of threes and hit them pretty efficiently. Um, so we just can't, we don't have the firepower to keep up with something like that if we're not getting it done defensively. A hundred percent. They went on like an 18-6 run in the fourth, which is really just when it was kind of like, all right, you know, like, like we hung around as long as we possibly could. They also were really comfortable early. Um, they got a lot of paint points, um, in the first quarter, a lot of the, you know, they had a bunch of assists on buckets in the first half. Um, another thing we didn't like, Reggie had to go to the locker room. Yeah. I mean, he's looked tired i there's like there's <laughs> yeah, no other way to say word. Like, yeah I, I mean he's looking tired he has the last kind of two games uh yeah i think it was like now more than two games ago when he had that great performance when he hit the game winner yep orlando yep. Orlando. um so yeah he he's looking tired i don't know if he's i just keep noticing how much he's ending up on the floor he's on the floor a lot he took that knee to the thigh yeah against i think that was phoenix um but then he came back out. Like, he had 15 and 9 assists, and, like, he wasn't moving well. Then he went to the locker room. I, let's just hope he gets some rest. Um, and then what else do we not like about this game? So it's the end of the win streak. Sure. But more importantly, uh, or, you know, worse, more unfortunately, <laughs> uh, it's also the end of Luke Kennard's streak of 15-plus point games. Yep. Uh, he kind of struggled from all over. He shot 33% both from the field and from three. He did, however, snag a couple of rebounds. One of them was over Hassan <laughs> Whiteside, which yeah. was pretty impressive. Uh, although, you know, you do got to credit the bounce a little bit. One thing that I thought was interesting was him sort of playing the full first, like that full 12-minute stint to start the game. He started um, off pretty strong, but, I, dude, like that's a lot of time for him to just rip the, off the rip for Luke Kennard. Well, and it was like pretty clear when he had hit his wall because he had like a couple of turnovers and yeah. like, a couple of missed shots, like all kind of in succession there. Uh, so, yeah, I, 
it's a bummer. Um, I I think that he's you know he's gonna jump through this. Uh, you know, if we know anything about Kennard, like this shooting will always level out. Definitely. So one, and like one performance obviously isn't enough to change my mind, but um, yeah, he was just uh, he's just on a on a heater there. Yeah, he was playing well. Um, and then the uh, the the transition offense just is always going to be bad for the Clippers. What is this? Yeah, I don't know. We could really not get any momentum going. Uh, the Jazz didn't give up a lot of turnovers, but yeah. we also weren't able to capitalize really on any of them. We got outscored um, on the fast break, eleven to four. And I don't know, man. I I get that with the way the schedule has worked out, like it's incredibly exhausting. It's a tired, you know, it's a tiring style of basketball to For try sure. and play. Um, but it is sort of easy buckets that maybe make some of the other places offensively have to work <laughs> hard a little bit easier. Um, so I don't know. I I thought. I mean, it could still just come down to communication because there still has been a lot of flux in, you know, both starting and bench units uh, as far as yeah. who's going to be there and who isn't. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, with the rest schedule and everything, they still haven't been able to execute the playbook as well. Although I don't really know how much practice you need to run a fast. That's break. what Ty Luce talked about, dude. Like it took until the final minute of the third quarter for the Clippers to get their first transition bucket in this game. Yeah. Which is not good. Um, Brandon Boston Jr. has kind of come back to earth a bit since his 27 point game. Um, you know, he's just playing like a 20 year old who kind of had an up and down college year. It's not surprising. It's just kind of abrupt. It feels like. The highs were so nice, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you there. It, it does feel like a pretty stark difference. It's something that I would say that I'm worried about. It was really bound to happen. Um, but yeah, it, you know, this is this is like the double-edged sword of of having a good young guy, right? Like you gotta let him play through some mistakes. Hundred percent. And mistakes there will be. Sure. Um, yeah, um, maybe like sidestepping threes <laughs> early in the shot clock. I don't know. Yeah. I don't wait till he check. Example. Yeah. Wait till the heat check. Um, how are we feeling after this one? You know, think it always sucks when you lose, obviously. Um, but this is there's a lot of good performances in this one to build kind of momentum off of for a lot of guys. Um, not a lot to really be mad at, all things considered, when you look at this game with who was available for the Clippers and how everyone was available for the Jazz and got pretty good performances from kind of everybody on their team. They had four guys and 20 points. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. How are you feeling after this one? Oh, fine. Yeah, it's like pretty expected. <laughs> I don't know. We split with the Jazz and with the Suns down PG and Batum. You know, can't really hope for too much more than that. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking Thirsty Thursday, what we want to see more of. But first, we got to give a shout out to Prize Picks. It is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown, baskets made, uh, rebounds grabbed. All of uh, you that deposit and use promo code NBA, you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. One more time, that's promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on the projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Don't hesitate. Go to prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. 
Okay, so we're back with Thirsty Thursday. Uh, every single Thursday, we talk about who and what we want to see more of. Kicking things off, we talked about this a bit on yesterday's episode, but nothing has become clearer, so we're going to talk about it again. Uh, we have to. And honestly, I, I'm thirsty. I think everyone is a little bit thirsty for some clarity on what is going on with the surge situation. Yes. Um, he's not with the team till the game on Monday due to what we can literally only assume is health and safety protocols, given it's protocols related to COVID and the close contact. We hope everyone's safe from that situation. Um is it crazy to think that he maybe asked to go to the G League again just to like stay in shape if he's getting DNP coach decisions with the clips? Like, is that nuts? I don't know. I mean, I maybe I would. I'm not really sure how I would react, but it is just such a weird situation. Um, what are the- we hoping for? Because we're not going to get any clarity from the team itself. Ty Lue's not going to say anything, kind of, which is good because I don't think Serge would want him to. Yeah, and I mean, if things are working with Hart, I mean, like. You're not going to give the guy minutes so like his feelings aren't hurt. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah. Uh, Which, so yeah. it's yeah. it's different. Like it's difficult. It's yet another thing for the Clippers that's like a very forced hand, rock in a hard place situation. Yeah. Where, you know, I mean, we had a guy who was available earlier. Uh, you know, through no fault of either party, really. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. Um, and you know he stepped into that role really, really well. So it's. It's a difficult thing. I mean, I guess I, I would assume that they're on the horn trying to get involved in some sort of trade, trying to trying to grab an asset if they can. Yeah. Um, it would bum me out because, like, we talked about last episode, I think, how, like, Bled and Surge, like, that trade package gets you to a pretty big number. It's, like, $27 million. Um, But Bled's been playing so well off the bench that, like, I don't want to necessarily trade Bled so. Yeah, and I don't think you're getting really one like $27 million for those two guy guys. For those two. Yeah. At least not like a super high impact player. The other consideration, though, that like I know that people are anxious to fire up the trade machine, but another consideration <laughs> for either of these players has got to be who can you re sign after this year under the cap? Yeah, and I don't think Hartenstein's going to stay. He's going to outplay the mid level exception, which is what the Clippers are most likely going to be able to offer him, which is like $6 million. Like, yeah, if he keeps this level of play up, he's gonna make more than six million dollars. Yeah, um, definitely next season. And he, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think you're gonna be able to sell him into a like a discount contract. No, because he bets on himself too. Like he did it um, with his camp invite and stuff like that, which is impressive. But you know, he's looking out for number one as you should if you're in his position. Yeah. Some people were thinking that maybe Sergis hasn't been playing because we haven't been playing like kind of bigger teams. But I, I think don't that's know if that's the case. I think that's a little optimistic. Look, the guy played in the G League. Like it, <laughs> those are big matchups, but yeah, but yeah. Um, what's this other one you got in here? Because I like I like this next one you got going on. Just I, I'm looking for some kind of level of consistency from Terrence. Yes. Look, he has gotten he he has gotten better, and he has had some solid solid performances. Played some good defense, um, yeah. Through these games, and it's not easy being thrust into the starting lineup. Yeah, you know he has to bear a lot more responsibility. I think even than the most optimistic Clipper fans or Terrence fans <laughs> would have thought this season. Yeah, right, definitely. Just with the absences of of Nico and Morris for the majority of the season, you know Serge being out, even though Terrence doesn't play the same position, it affects everybody. 
Uh, and now with Paul George resting, there's a lot more on his shoulders uh, than I guess I thought he was going to have to carry. Yeah. And it makes sense that we've seen some fluctuations. So I'm not like saying that I'm down on him. I just... The thing that I'm struggling with is that I feel like I don't know what I can expect from Terrence on a night to night basis. Yeah. Um, is it chaotic good or is it like kind of like tonight against Utah? Not the best night against the Jazz um, where you're like, all right, he's running around. There's not a whole lot of production from it, though, because there's nights when he's like, I guess I could say this, really good at running around and getting something to happen. He's grabbing random boards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he like he went on a monster tear through that three-game streak uh, against Boston, Orlando, and Phoenix, which he had a double-double in there in two games where he had 15-plus points and nine boards, so almost double-doubles in yeah. both the other two. Um, and then just kind of pretty steep fall-offs uh, on either game, sort of bookending that. That, sure. that great little three-game stretch there. Uh, but it, it's not just about the numbers, because uh, his numbers overall on the season are up from last year. He's at 10-6-2 per game versus 7-4-2. and two. So, you know, there's there's not some mad at that. There's we growth were, there. Yeah. Um, we pegged his points per game. Like, we'd like to see it at, like, like if we saw it at, like, 14, it'd be a huge leap. Could be doubling up his production points wise. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the thing I'm speaking more to is just sort of how it looks on the court. Like, are we sure. getting Terrence Mann? You know who's being decisive, who can speed things up uh, when we need to in the fast break, who's going to shoot wide open threes, or are we getting Terrence, who's you know like fouling and, and not able to stay in front of guys on defense and offensively just like making really poor decisions with the ball and overthinking. Hands. It looks like sometimes there's games yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. he's thinking about every possible solution that could happen. It's like you just got to be decisive with it. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I'm thirsty for this upcoming three and five stretch to get over so the guys can get some rest before the worst stretch of the season, maybe. Yeah. Um, so th- we go Thunder Kings, or excuse me, Thunder Spurs Kings from December 18th to December 22nd, um, which is a little tough. And then there's a break until December 26th where we have a back-to-back on December 26th and 27th. We fly to Boston for a game on the 29th. Then, in a way back-to-back in Toronto and Brooklyn on New Year's Eve and January 1st. Then, back to Staples for a game against Minnesota on January 3rd. Like, this needs to be Exhibit A for the Players Association arguing about easing up the schedule next season. Like, this is absolutely insane to put a team through this who's already who had such a front-loaded home game scenario like didn't we play like 33 percent of our home games yeah we played almost a third of our of our home games for the entire season in the first six weeks uh of of this this season so yeah it's a lot up early and it forces a team you know missing key contributors to try and be good fast um and results were mixed (laughs) results were very mixed but I just hope they, they take advantage of this rest. I just, like, I don't know. Like, what are you expecting from December 31st to the 3rd? Like, I don't know, man. That that end, at end to December, I'm hoping. If we go 500, I'm hyped. Yeah. Uh, that seems that's Purely seems based on optimistic. travel. Yeah, this is no disrespect to the guys, but, like, this is going to be absolutely brutal. Um one other thing I'm thirsty for, more of the same good stuff from Keon Johnson of the G League. Yeah. Kind of a guy who coming into the season, there were some worries about his offensive capabilities. I was hugely worried. <laughs> Will, famously hugely worried about it. 
But so far, uh, in the G League, he's averaging 17 points, 5.5 assists, 5.5 boards, almost 2 steals on 58% true shooting. Um, David Mendez, uh, Yepkowitz, I, I probably butchered that, I apologize, talks to him about his playmaking. Um, and Keon said he's always been comfortable with it, but hasn't always gotten to show it. He's really establishing himself now with the ball in his hands. I love how this rookie year for Keon is shaping up. Yeah, look, I thought that he was very far away, especially just seeing some of his timidness on offense. Yeah. Um, and it, it seemed like the skill set wasn't there. They have like reworked his jumper a little bit in a way that he's been able to be successful um, without, you know, it seeming too laborious. Because, you know, sometimes when you try to overhaul that, it, it kind of can have the opposite effect of, Dude, of what yeah. you're really And mentally, for. too. Like, it might um, make the guy second guess, especially as a rookie or something like that. And the defensive instincts are there. Uh, I think that, you know, getting this confidence up in the G League and, and maybe, you know, bulking up a little bit more for the position <laughs> sure. as a forward yeah. um, could do a lot of good for him. But, yeah, I, I mean, I talked about it. I talked about it on Monday's episode, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I kind of thought that Keon, he had a great game against Sacramento um, here in Los Angeles. And I I thought that that might have been enough to sort of get him in some deep rotation minutes. Um, sure. You know, maybe eating into some of the Justice Winslow minutes, which we haven't seen so far. Um, yeah. But, you know, who knows? Still, still two thirds of a season left. Yeah, still a ways to go on this one. Um, but yeah, let us know what you're thirsty for over at Locked On Clips. Um, coming up, we're gonna be talking some recent Kawhi footage that we all like to see, some kind of up and down trade stuff, and then just how we feel about the Clippers just under 30 games in. But first, Will, I have all these subscriptions that I that I keep renewing. Why is that? Well, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Wait a minute, why? It's a business scam out to get you. Damn it. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap and your true bill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to don't fall for subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on nba go right now that's truebill.com slash locked on nba it could save you thousands a year truebill.com slash locked on nba all right welcome to shavings we're just going to talk about random stuff wrap up What's going on in the NBA? So we're just 30, under 30 games in. We're at 29. Um, we got the same record as the team across the hall. How are we feeling about that? Is our record uh, maybe viewed through a different lens? Is their record considering health? Like, how do you feel we're, we're stacked up right now? No, you are who your record says you are. All right. So the Clippers <laughs> are the, what are we, the five seed? Yeah. I'll take it. Clippers is the five, five seed? Five and six seed. Not mad at that um, at all. No, like, I, I can't say, like, these records are the exact same, and I don't know. I mean, I think strength of schedule, um, yeah, there's something to look at there. But, I mean, it's not like the Lakers haven't had some pretty notable absences themselves. Sure. Um, I would say the Lakers minus LeBron James are maybe in worse shape than the Clippers, even minus Paul George. But that's see, I think that speaks to how bad the Lakers roster is. Like, yeah, which I guess is fair. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I man, if I thought the Clippers would be a, a top four seed, but if they're fifth, I'm fully happy with that. Um, I think even sixth is good. I, th- I think if this team, you know, given everything, avoids the play-in. Yeah. Look, man, I mean, they, I don't know what more you want in a year where we don't have Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, avoiding the play-in would be great. Um, things are still pretty tight in the West. They're getting a little more spaced out. It's getting more spaced out. Like uh, Grizzlies, two games up on the Clippers without John Morant. I don't know what's going on in Memphis, but they have something good going on. Um, And then the Clippers and the team across the hall, game and a half up on the Mavericks, who are tied with the Nuggets, who I feel like are going to be on a a run soon with how good Jokic has been playing. Yeah, it's just like everything around him, though, right? Like Porter (laughs) Jr.'s out, no Jamal Murray. Um, Yeah, it's... Uh, it, that's a tough spot to be in, but I, I agree with you. I, I think they will. Um, they'll they'll make a jump up in those standings. And then you got the Timberwolves, uh, Kings, Trailblazers, Trailblazers again. Another team that's falling apart. But all things considered, around thirty games, Clippers at the fifth seed. Given how much we went out, guys, not bad. Uh, we got some Kawhi shooting around footage. He was with the team in Utah, shooting shooting left handed. Seems like he's having a good time. He looked perfectly fine. I mean, he looked like a guy in that. <laughs> like, I love this stuff because I do love fandom, and I, I also love, like, reading way too much in between the lines. Even this, though, it was like... On something that's so inconsequential, right. but it's like, it's literally a dude messing around with a basketball, not even at what you would consider, like, blacktop messing around no, with friends. No, he's, music. like, in sweat. He's shooting left-handed shots. Yeah. Um, Someone on Twitter said he looked like he was two months away from being two months away, <laughs> which I'll take. Um, yeah, shout out Kawhi. Hope he's having fun. Glad he's traveling with the team. You know, yeah. that's a oh yeah, that's a good look. I mean, sure. and he continues to be like a great presence for this bench and for this team. And um, you know, like the thing is, it's it's Kawhi. Like when he and his like he and his you know physical training staff feel that he is at. A, you know a reasonable enough level of yeah. himself to play i mean we'll have him absolutely like, here for i don't all know i don't know though. how to put a number on that <laughs> two months away from two months away feels comfortable <laughs> <laughs> um all right so since the clippers are always tinkering with their roster there's been some news out of detroit that they might be moving jeremy grant do you think the clippers call just to see i'm not sure about this one I've seen some fake mocks for it, but I just I don't see the fit. I was gonna say the fit makes zero sense to me. Yeah. So in this, it'd scenario, be a desperate fit, like a swing somehow. So in this scenario, at some point, you have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, <laughs> Marcus, Grant. Mo- Marcus Morris, <laughs> Nick, Nico Batum, and Jeremy Grant. You can only play two of those guys, maybe three in your what starting lineup. What about That's this? Five forwards. What about this? All five. <laughs> will not work um 20 mil this year 20 mil the next don't even think the salaries would make any sense also a team that the clippers always kind of want to trade for specifically miles turner um the pacers owner said today that the team is not in rebuild mode and not really looking to ship guys off you always say that you're not in rebuild mode because fans freak out well, yeah, I mean, they've already freaked out because there was already a quote saying they were in rebuild mode. So I think this damage control is kind of funny. He's like, yeah. no, that was a big psych. <laughs> Giving you guys jokes. The jokes, that's on us. Um, so I'm not sure the, the Clippers will be getting Miles Turner, much of the chagrin of a fair amount of Clippers fans who want Miles Turner on Do this team. Do we need a third center or are we losing Zoo in this scenario? We're losing Zoo in this scenario. Gotcha. The the pro-Miles Turner crowd uh, shares the same sentiments as kind of the anti-Zoo crowd. Look, Miles Turner is good. Oh, don't absolutely. Um, I just, we, once again, though, like, I just don't know that we have the goods to get a deal like that done. For a team that 
may or may not asset, be rebuilding. That needs yeah. assets. Like they're not even interested really in the type of good players that we have. Yeah, like we trade Zoo, who's like locked down for a couple more years, and it's like that doesn't help a rebuilding team really. Yeah, I mean, other than he's on a quality con, he's a good player on a quality contract. Yeah. So you know you can spend money other places, but like we have no picks to offer. The youngest player we would probably give up is I don't know Luke Kennard. Uh, which still, I mean, like, not once again, not that young of a player. <laughs> yeah. uh, Younger than Terrence Mann. <laughs> and in terms of contract, I mean, you know, market value contract. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's kind of weird. I think this might be the first time in a while the Clips are staying pat. Well, maybe. So, I mean, the foreign concept, the surge thing definitely complicates it. Yes. Um, but in a year. Yeah, I don't know, man. In a year with no Kawhi, a any big trade would just be like, why? Like, I just think it makes more sense to like just just go all the way through and see what you got. You know, maybe yeah. house money year. Yeah, like maybe you make a tiny move on the margins. You know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like surge for like two vet mins or something <laughs> that you think could actually like play a couple yeah. rotation minutes and. Like maybe be more plus contributors than Justice Winslow. Like you know, like it's a small that Winslow move. contract's annoying it's too. A, it's a small move. It's not like a. It's not a win now. It shouldn't be a win. It's now, not like a Miles Turner even kind of move. Which yeah, yeah, that to me would even kind of be a big swing. Yeah, we'll just package you know surge and blood for Kyrie. We'll get all the vaccine stuff figured out. It'll be great. Um, yeah. Anything else in shavings? No, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Friday's episode preview of that Clippers versus Thunder game that's on Saturday. Going to be a scintillating matchup down at OKC. A love Mary quarantine, which we do every Friday. And, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, where can these people give the gift of their friends and family to tell us where they could listen to us? You can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works. It's great. Hands-free. Look at me. <laughs> uh, if you haven't already, please leave the show a rating or review over on iTunes or the podcast app. Regardless of where you listen, it does really help the show out. Yeah, we mentioned up top, but we do convention Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Oh, yeah. We'd love to have you listen. We absolutely would. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you. <laughs>